hate this place. Hello, Kate. Tonight I have an ultimatum for you. Join me as a traitor, or else I will have to murder you. You're smart, you're clever. I think you'll make a crazy cool killer with me. So what is your answer? Hello and welcome to Millennialovision. This is the podcast where two millennials who grew up raised on television are still obsessed with television and just gotta talk about it, whether it's past, present, or future. I'm Claire. And I'm Brianna. And I am excited. Okay, so I have been watching Survivor. What started it was the traders because... I kept listening to interviews with Sandra and Parvati and I thought, oh, that would be fun to go back and watch the Survivor seasons that they're on because they're on one together, which is, you know, this famous feud that they kind of address in the first episode. And as soon as I opened Survivor on the Paramount Plus app, thanks for sponsoring us, Paramount Plus. Um, <laughs> It, of course, opened season one, and I went, oh, interesting, because I did watch season one in the year 2000 when it initially came out, and so I thought it would be fun just to start from the beginning, and I did, and I ended up watching season one in one night, except for the finale, which I had to watch the next day. Well, they're short. The seasons are short. They're like 12 episodes for a full season, something like that. Yes, and it's very much the kind of show you can just kind of have on and pay like half attention to. And it's just so fun watching from the beginning because it feels like not only a time capsule, since at this point it's about 24 years old, but also just it's the dawn of these strategic games. And I know Survivor, I think it was based on a Swedish show that was from a few years before, but this was the first time it was in the U.S. and it was a phenomenon, as we know. And on season one, they are like offended by the idea of of an alliance. So how does that come up? I did what you want to do with Parvati and Sandra. And I went back and watched Ceri's seasons, which is how I became familiar by proximity, basically, to Parvati and Sandra, because they were on a lot, they were on a season together. Oh, I see. But Ceri won season one of Traders, and she played such a masterful game that I was like, I gotta go watch her yeah. on Survivor. Yeah. But I didn't go back to season one. My mom always watched Big <laughs> You didn't Brother. fall into no. <laughs> the hole that I did by my, going, oh, season one. My mom watched Big Brother, like, when it first came on, and Big Brother just celebrated season 25, so they came on around the same time, but yeah, she never yeah. watched Survivor, so I've never watched any of those earlier seasons and all I remember is alliances but I've heard that through Survivor they don't really they I guess started alliances later I feel like it was just a little bit more like okay we work together we work together yeah Uh, they didn't really have a name for it yeah week by week like the very first season I watched of Suri I believe was season 12 and even so you could tell that they were like week by week like figuring out who they were working with Mm -hmm. did you watch Big Brother with your mom off and on, I was in and out with it. A lot of the Big Brother that I watched actually came way later doing like what you're doing with Survivor because I just love the social strategy of it. So I went mm-hmm. back and watched, I went back and watched a bunch, season two, season six, seven, ten, like all the, all the good seasons that are like really well known I went back and watched. Interesting. Yeah, so basically in season one, nobody really understands what they're doing really. And so Richard Hatch, 
who, spoiler, is the winner, was the one who <laughs> pretty much, from the start, he went in, his character he was playing was very cocky. He literally says in the first episode, I am the winner, write the check for me now. And he knows early on that he wants to start working with people, so he sort of, he builds these little alliances, and Kelly, who ends up being the runner-up, kind of is in the alliance, but then she backs out of the alliance, and so is Sue, who also is uh, pretty famous from season one, who was the lady who was like, if you were drowning out on the side of the road, I wouldn't give you a glass of water. It was very dramatic. So anyway, but then after Kelly was kind of a part of this alliance of Richards, she felt awful. Like, she felt like she was having a moral dilemma about whether she was a bad person or not for having tried to work with him. Okay, so was it because of who he is as a person or because she felt like almost she was cheating at the yes. game they by think having they're this cheating. alliance? Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. Like, they think of an alliance as cheating, whereas nowadays we think of an alliance as Hello. the way you have to play. <laughs> like, there's no way to, to get around it. Also, it's so interesting with Survivor, particularly as opposed to, like, the traders, because with Survivor, the people you're voting out are eventually the people who will be voting you yes, the winner. Yes, yes. Same thing with Big Brother. And Big Brother, they call them the jury. Yeah, mm-hmm. they'll, yes. they'll vote you. Yeah, and you have to find that balance. They call it jury management. You have to find that balance between how you're basically going to fuck somebody over or screw them over behind their back, but also that's going to be the person voting for you to win, and you got to make sure, like, if you're playing a great game but you're fucking people over... Are they going to reward you just for playing yes. a great game? Right. It's a risk you don't you don't know. See, and that's something that probably comes into play in later seasons. But in the earlier seasons, they don't like that. They don't like when people have played clever games. So that's what's so interesting to see. And Susan makes that big speech at the last jury. So I'm, I think Big Brother is probably similar where the jury has a chance to speak before they make Ask their questions. final questions, yeah. Exactly. And so that's where she makes that big speech about Kelly, you know, betrayed her and this and that when really she did the same thing to Kelly. Like Kelly didn't do anything wrong. She was just playing the game. And because of that, I think it might have lost her the money because Sue gave this big impassioned speech about what a terrible person she is. When in reality, she was just playing Survivor and Richard was doing something oh, similar. No. Yeah, so that's how much it can sway. Like you can see the effect of it. Wow. So what were they thinking they were doing on season one? Was it just about physical competitions and kind of trying to get to the end without being voted out? I think out? so. Well, I think so because also Kelly ended up winning like five challenges in a row. So I think they kind of were under the impression of like, if you play the best, you just do the challenges, you are a likable person, you're really useful in camp, then like, then you win. But really it's, it's, we've learned now that that's not how it works. So, but that's why it's so interesting to watch it. Also, not to mention all of the social aspects, which are different and how many things that are just like in society are different. Like they talk about the fact that Richard is gay so much. That's like so much of his identity and because there's this other guy Rudy who is an ex-Navy SEAL who is very homophobic towards Richard and but it's like played in this early 2000s way where Richard's even like oh he doesn't mean anything by it but nowadays it's like whoa like we have to make a point of explaining that this is not cool there's a season so I heard about this happening it might have been season 16 that Parvati was on that one of the guys got outed for being trans. 
And it was, like, I remember hearing about it when it happened, but I watched it when I went back and watched the four seasons or whatever that Suri's been on. I was shocked. Just, like, how awful flippant they were when they talked about it. And the way that it was brought up, this guy legitimately thought that he was playing, like, he was making a great game move. And you could tell as soon as he said it out loud and saw everyone's reactions that he was like, oh, I messed up. It's really, it's, if you're watching the ones with Parvati, I'm pretty sure it's one of the ones that she was in. So you'll probably see it. But yeah, it was really Survivor and Big Brother. Big Brother had a huge reckoning in 2020. And I think Survivor did too, because, you know, when we all watched George Floyd get murdered, a lot of. Mm individuals and companies and TV shows, basically all of our media, media, a lot of people had to like do some real serious reflection and look themselves in the mirror and ask themselves, you know, some pretty serious questions. And Big Brother and Survivor have been notorious, like sexist, racist, like Big Brother would Mm -hmm. go seasons and seasons and seasons without a single black person. They had never had a black winner. The black people were always voted out first. It wasn't until season think 21 or 22 which would have been 21 2021 or 2022 they had more black people in the cast than they had at any other season it was a majority of the house and they formed an alliance called the cookout and if you weren't black you didn't get to come to the cookout and that alliance ended up going all the way because they actually had the numbers and that's wow. when they got i believe it was their first black winner because they had the cookout and were able to go through the whole show with it So what's so interesting about these social strategy games is they reflect where we are in society and how things are changing and advancing. And I am excited to keep watching Survivor and see how things are now because, again, that's something else. It is very sexist, too. And, I mean, so much of the game is about people fitting into certain roles. So it's it's curious to see how that sort of shakes out and how it will evolve over the seasons. Yep. And I think even current day, present day, I haven't watched any of the current seasons of Survivor. I've thought about dipping my toes in, but I watched the last season of Big Brother. And one thing that I love that the traders does that Big Brother has not seemed to figure out and quite frankly, neither has Survivor is I guess, I guess I'll separate out Survivor because I know the idea of Survivor is not only to survive on an island, but it is meant to be more competitive and more physical. Big Brother has so many physical comps. And so what happens is you've got people that are trying to survive in a house. They've got cameras on them all over the place. And you start to see the same people win over and over and over and over again. And it's the big bulky dude mm. that mm. works out eight hours a day and it's like eventually they just win competition after competition after competition like the last guy that won had set the record for amount of competitions that has ever been won in the history of big brother because all the competitions are physical so what that ends up doing is pushing all of the women out because even if you've got like a janelle who has notoriously been good at competitions you look at some of these physical competitions and the reality is people can't keep up. If you want to see everyday normal people keeping up, you have to change the competition. Like, look at this competition this week that they had on Traders. It's not physical. Oh, yeah. Anyone can mm-hmm. do it. They just, there were two women on Big Brother this last season. One was Suri. And when you meet Suri in Survivor, you will see she never wins a competition. She never won a competition in Big Brother. She's got an incredible social game. It's what 
has put her into survivor legendary status. Mm. They also had this woman, Felicia, on who was 65 years old. She's a black woman. She's watched every second of Big Brother throughout her whole life. She's big, like, super fan. She's a bigger woman. And I think she won one competition, and it's because it wasn't a physical competition. Mm. And she was everybody's favorite. Everybody loved Mama Felicia. She cooked for the whole house. She was fun and entertaining to watch. She was a regular person that was put Mm -hmm. in the house that had zero shot of winning up against a 24-year-old dude who works out and has the stamina and the perseverance. It's just, it's not fair. So I wish they would take a little bit more out of the trader's book when it comes to competition because you can be more creative with that. That's so interesting to me that the show that's about people in a house is less fair than the one where they're on an island and they have all kinds of different physical challenges. Because I think that's the other thing about Survivor is I know that they're pretty famous for switching up the game because they don't want people to be ahead of them or know the the challenges already like some of them do even on the traders. Well, so much of the Survivor challenges are done as a tribe initially. It's Mm -hmm. way far in the game where they break it up and they basically say like you're competing as an individual now so you don't get that in big brother everything is you're competing as an individual that's the other interesting thing about survivors they start as two tribes and they all seem to have a loyalty to their initial tribe even though it means nothing yeah it doesn't mean anything so but they do kind of start to form alliances in that way but they don't really see them as alliances it's just being loyal to your initial tribe it's just you're spending so much time with these people on the island literally surviving like I've watched Sari do interviews where she's like I didn't eat for 12 days or 16 days or whatever it was Mm. like scrounging up whatever you can and when you're put in that level of survival mm-hmm. where you're literally sitting in rain and you can't get warm unless you can get a fire and you don't know how to build a fire and you got to keep the guy around that can because he can build the fort that shelter so that you then can build a fire to stay warm like you start to become dependent on each other as a tribe which then yeah when you start to vote makes it kind of feel like oh, I do feel like an allegiance to this one person versus this other. Yeah, that does make sense. Also, yeah, some of the stuff they put the Survivor contestants through is insane and feels morally questionable, but I suppose they all signed up for this. They know what they're getting into. It's wild. Season 12 was the first one that I had ever watched, and you watch, especially the men, especially the men you watch them wither away oh, eventually oh, I know. like you I know. just see their swim shorts start to fall down i'm like yeah Ugh. i know i know and so many of these people are so tiny to begin with and they just get like tinier and frailer <laughs> so i'm on season three we'll see how long this lasts for but i am on season three which is set in africa they have to get their own water and boil it before they can use it yeah that's like that's like all the future seasons not going well and it looks so hard there's one season where like they have i can't can't remember which one it was but they had little crabs running like tiny tiny crabs that they were like catching the little crabs and like that was their food oh my god i know i'm wondering can they eat like plants because in australia they started out in a 
desert, but then it rained so much. Oh my God, it was crazy. Oh, you should watch Survivor. <laughs> Maybe uh, I season. <laughs> it's like pretty fun. So in Australia, they started out in a desert and it was a dry riverbed. And then, so they almost ran out of food, but Jeff made a deal with them and they got food. And then a storm came and washed away everything oh, no. they had, including the food they had just worked so hard to get back. But then all of a sudden everything was green. So I was wondering if they could eat that Vegetation. It depends on where they are. There's that show uh, alone. It's called, I've only watched like bits and pieces of it. That's a real survival show. Like there is, there's like no camera crews out there. Like, like Jeff is not going to barter with you for some peanut butter no, and chocolate. They're given like a GoPro camera to record themselves. And there's like stipulations that they have as far as what they're supposed to record. And so they literally do survive. And the, I've only watched a couple episodes, but one of them that I watched... I don't remember where they were, but they basically were all eating berries. They thought they were good berries that they could eat. And one woman ended up getting poisoned and basically like had to leave because she was so sick. So I think it depends where you are and depends what kind of stuff is there. But I'm sure plenty of them have eaten plants and I'm sure you get to a certain level of desperation when you haven't eaten for days and days. Yes. Well, it's hard. And then they get these challenges where they get these big, rich mm-hmm. meals, and then they get sick mm-hmm. because the meals are too rich. So anyway, it's all nuts. <laughs> you should maybe dip in and see if you like it. But are you ready for the traitors? The traitors. I wish I could roll my R's like that. Traitors. I've never been able to do Put it. Put your tongue on your the roof of your mouth and then you kind of just play around blowing air <laughs> yeah it's air well we'll get you rolling those r's the traitors traitors i'm gonna practice okay i'll practice yeah it's like can you do blow your lips <laughs> similar idea but with your tongue okay anyway <laughs> this might not be a good thing on mic or it might be like asmr Ooh. Here we go. (laughs) The traitors. So, season two, episode nine, A Game of Death. So, we open up in the dungeon. So much drama. Phaedra approaches the dungeon in her cloak. Kate accepts, sort of begrudgingly, it seems. She's like, well, if you're gonna murder me, if I don't accept your offer to be a traitor. I guess I'm a traitor now. Could be fun. She literally says, I guess I'm a traitor now. Could yeah. be fun. Like, it could be fun. Nonchalant, like not even excited. Yeah. This is how Phaedra sells her. You're smart, you're clever, and I think you'll make a crazy cool killer with me. Like, mm-hmm. okay. what? Yeah. Crazy cool killer. Crazy cool killer. Um, so Kate is surprised that Phaedra's the only traitor left because, like we had said before, they never knew how many traitors there were. So that is interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, like... Kate was saying, oh, you know, there wasn't, it must have been boring. There wasn't anything interesting. And I think Phaedra's one who says, like Melba toast with no butter or jam. (laughs) Yeah, dealing with Dan. Yeah, she hated that. She hated that. So I didn't realize that they also were going to murder someone. So it was either. I didn't either. Yeah, so I thought it was just going to be no murder this night. But it turns out they then have to talk strategy because they're going to murder someone. And we do get glimpses of people in their rooms one of which is peter working out with no shirt on (laughs) i mean oh so i laughed at phaedra calling the turret her penthouse oh yeah she's like it's nice like she she does take credit for it like it's her property that she decorated (laughs) 
yeah, Kate's like, it's nice up here. I feel like last week we kind of like talked about like, is Kate going to be a good trader? I know she'll be good TV, but it, I don't almost, know. it almost felt like as soon as I saw her accept Phaedra's proposal that I immediately was like, oh, this is so bad. This it's is a bad, bad idea. I think it's bad because she's not excited to play as a trader and you have to be excited to play as a trader. And as we will see, so then we go into breakfast and, oh, they had talked about they were like either Kevin or Trishel, I think, or who they were talking about. Yeah, I think this is where you start to see Phaedra's lack of forethought and strategy really shine through because Kate gets in there and Phaedra <laughs> Phaedra goes so who do you want to murder and Kate's going how do you not know who you want to murder like is there yeah, a she's strategy like, you have a plan right you have a right plan? right so we go to breakfast and Kate and Sandra are the first two people there they talk about how Peter's credibility is out the window because he's been working with traders MJ clocks that Kate is acting <laughs> weird <laughs> Kate was freaking out inside and just staring into the abyss. She's like, what do I do? How do I ask for eggs and not seem like a traitor? Um, But yeah, she really does. MJ really makes a point of it. And then in Kate's confessional, she's like, MJ, leave me alone. Stop drawing attention. Trishel walks in and we find out that Kevin has been murdered, which, uh, what? So this about halfway through the episode popped into my head. You know why they murdered Kevin? Why? They were sure that he didn't have a shield because he was in the cabin with them. Oh. And I went, oh, okay, that was kind of smart. You can guarantee that he doesn't have a shield. This is why I have to pay more attention to the games because I forgot about the shields. Wait, because Trishel did have a shield, right? Trishel did have the shield, yeah. Oh, so see, they wouldn't have been able to murder her. Yeah, yeah. But all that's why, right. well, that's why you know, you got me. <laughs> all the stuff that I've thought about so deeply. Totally. Well, and I do think it does matter here. I have noticed watching Survivor, I sometimes will kind of tune out. But that is a little more straightforward because they're playing for an immunity idol. If everyone knows who gets it, there's no secret happening. Yeah, uh, there will be. There will okay, be. Okay, there might be later on. But they for now, start it's just... To- figure out it's like how i've said like a million times even this being season two of this show like people are going to start they're they're gonna have runway to be able to figure out how best to play this game within the parameters that they're given so you'll see that in survivor where they'll go and they'll find an immunity idol and they won't tell anyone about it oh right 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 well because for now it's just a challenge where it's like who can stand on this log the longest yeah uh, which, yeah, they really they do evolve. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which looked miserable because they ended up standing on that log for about ten hours. Yeah, and it got no, cold. And yeah, anyway, no thanks. Alan's fit check. So we get Alan. He comes in. He's wearing um, a dark blue and green plaid jacket with sort of a matching shawl that's wrapped around. Uh, sort of looks like a big collar. And then I think it's a black kilt or it's just a solid color. I'm pretty sure it's the same color. Like to me, when I looked at this, it it looks like it's one piece. Maybe oh, it's see. not. It was a dark, it was a very dark pattern. So it could it's be. It's very dark, like a dark um, plaidish pattern. Yes. And so he had dark green knee high socks. His boots are green and I love them. But yeah, they're like a dark oh, yes, they are green, green and they look really fucking cool with this outfit. Those boots are cool. They have like a really chunky, like grippy heel yeah. uh, sole to them. Um, yes. Amazing. Love the fit, Alan. Okay, then he has his blue spectacles. 
I love that he made Peter grab Kevin's picture off the wall. <laughs> yes. So Alan makes Peter grab his picture where he then, you know, ceremoniously throws it on the ground and says whatever he says. <laughs> I, I didn't write it down this time. So then Trishel, Phaedra, and CT chat in the kitchen about what Kevin's murder might mean. And they think Peter might be a traitor because of that. I thought this was interesting because Trishel almost talked openly with Phaedra. It just, the conversation was really weird to me. And it seemed very much like CT was falling on the side of Peter being a traitor. But the fact that Trishel mm-hmm. was like so openly talking with Phaedra, knowing that she's a traitor, I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. However, as we know, Trishel is playing strategy. So she might not be afraid to work with a traitor or keep a traitor around. Yeah, yeah. So Peter's pals are down. Their numbers are down. They're getting worried. Uh, The housewives gang is still thriving. And CT tells Peter he's going to vote for him. Like openly, Peter's like, who are you thinking about voting for? And CT's like, you, dude. He says, you're acting weird. I don't like all the politics and booby traps. He said politics (laughs) and booby traps. You know, all these politics and booby traps. He is such a newsie. (laughs) He is like straight out of 1992's newsies. Yeah. Like all these polar tricks and uh, booby trips. Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn's here. Exactly. Yeah, I loved that CT was so direct with Peter, but I loved even more how surprised Peter was to hear it. Even when Trishel, when it was Trishel and John and Peter all talking, and one of them, Trishel or John, was like, Peter, they're going to put you up for banishment tonight. And he was like, wait. What? Me? He he, is so self-righteous that he doesn't see how anybody could think he's doing something wrong or suspicious. And Trishel's right Mm -hmm, behind him. mm -hmm. So they go to a church and there are these monks with these freaky eyes wide shut masks. And (laughs) it's uh, pretty spooky. What is happening? Um, And then the mission is to, so there are these little pane glass windows with everybody's name on them. And the idea is they're going to shoot at them and whoever's left standing gets a shield, which like you said, this is a cool challenge because it's a little more random who gets the shield. Yeah. Yeah. And it was random, but it forced them in a way to work together because what they were doing was not working. Mm -hmm. It seemed difficult to aim and get to break the little windows. So they all start going for John because I guess his is in a place that might be easy. Or maybe they just, they don't want him to get a shield. They kept saying, it's not that they don't want him. They kept saying, and Sandra has really coined this term, that he's the most faithful faithful of the faithful. So they really think, oh, he doesn't need one. Mm -hmm. And that's what Phaedra says. She's like, oh, I'm going for John because he doesn't need one. And I think they were all trying to figure out how they go for the people that they want to go for without being so obvious about it. So they've discovered that this crossbow thing that they're shooting is kind of difficult to lift up and down. But if they leave it at this one level, they can just start to take out the panels on the same row. And then at one point, Kate and Phaedra are like, we got to take out Trishel because they don't want her to have a shield, which people pick up on. So, okay. I almost disagree with this a little bit. So, in the don't want her to have a shield because 
they all start working together as a group because like you said what they figured out is moving left to right i think if you actually moved it that's why they were messing up i think you had to literally tap the side of it to get it to move left or right like just a teeny teeny tiny bit or tap the top or tap the bottom to get it to move so what they figured out is okay let's go in a line well then they tried to go to the upper left and they kept losing money and phaedra said oh right right there's the money aspect phaedra, of it, where every time they missed they would lose exactly money and so sandra I think honestly unknowingly just was like oh instead of continuing to lose money by all of us shooting at the same one maybe let's try a different one let's go right. to the lower and do what we did before because they started at the bottom and they worked up so they were like okay let's start from the bottom and work up but in a totally different row so Trishelle again on her high horse and being self-righteous and entitled saw that as a direct attack yeah I do think she may have invented that narrative yeah but- it didn't hurt. Well, you see that she invented that narrative at the round table when she says it out loud, and Phaedra looks legitimately, <laughs> like, caught off guard by it. At this point, it does feel like Phaedra really has no strategy. <laughs> she's not aware that Trishel is really out for her, mm-hmm. saying she's a traitor, and so so anyway, all this happens, and CT ends up winning the shield, and so they all start scheming. Peter knows he's on the chopping block. Peter talks to Phaedra, which is interesting, but I didn't even write down what they were talking about. He he just tried to pull her aside the same way that he's done with the other traders, which I thought was kind of, I, I really wasn't paying too much attention to what they were talking about because Kate was standing outside listening and they were all like mm-hmm. gossiping about what they assumed they were talking about. And I was so busy paying attention to that. This was a colossal misstep for Peter because what he thinks he's doing is it's exactly like he explained to CT. You may not like how I'm playing, but we've gotten out all these traders based on how mm-hmm. I'm playing. So Peter doesn't see a reason to change his strategy or manage anyone's perception at all. And this was a colossal misstep because and I know we'll talk about the round table, but what this allowed Phaedra to do is go, you've been caught making side deals in secret rooms with every mm-hmm. single trader mm-hmm. that's been banished. And you did the same thing to me earlier today. You pulled me aside. You think I'm a trader. You want to work with the traders. Why Peter, do you all of a sudden want to work with the traders? You must be a traitor and I think that this it was a colossal mistake for him to pull her for him to pull her aside yeah he's sort of just floating around flying by doing whatever shiny thing seems like the thing to do and not really thinking like the last episode when he's like I'm keeping us around for tonight and Trisha was like yeah but I'm thinking three steps ahead you're thinking just just this step one thing that was interesting is when Kate was standing outside listening to Peter and Phaedra talk Trishel comes in and Trishel Michelle kind of just like flippantly or brazenly was like, well, here's the deal. We know the Bravos are going to stick together. We know Phaedra's got the numbers. And MJ was so caught off guard by that. Like, wait a second. No. Why would you make that assumption? We, Which is what you and I have been saying for weeks. Like, the Bravo people are not smart enough to have thought about that. Like, have they, are they sticking together because they're familiar with each other or comfortable with each other? Sure. But it's not some major strategy thing. Like, they. No. I think if anything, it's just because they're not talking strategy. So that's why they would stick together is because they're kind of in the same room yeah, that Yeah. Way. And so that really seemed to touch a nerve with MJ. Like, no, wait a second. If there's, I'm here to win the money. And if there's somebody that we got to get out of here and they're a Bravo person, like, 
you make the case to me and I'll vote him <laughs> out. And I just thought, like, there's been this narrative since episode one that all the Bravos are going to stick together and not one single person until Trishel has been smart enough to even say it to them. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't even intentional about doing it. She just kind of said it. And I think that's why the cliffhanger at the end of the episode is what it is because MJ made it very clear that, hey, you make a case to me and I'll vote, you know, whichever way. Yeah, yeah. So that's when, yeah, Trishel tries to, quote, work on MJ, Kate, Sheree, and Sandra. And CT talks to Trishel and he brings up the thing. They talk about uh, how they think they were trying to prevent Trishel from getting a shield. Now, this is just before the round table. We have this fun interlude with Alan where he is salivating. <laughs> have we at the had prospect. this before this season? I don't think so. It was very dramatic. Yeah, it's like a cutaway to him on the top of it's the like, castle. It's like, yeah, like on the top. He really seems like he's up there. Yeah. He's salivating at the prospect <laughs> of the round table. He says, two tribes are going to war. <laughs> so, at the round table, John goes after Phaedra immediately. She pretty much cuts him down by pulling in Peter's allegiance to Parvati and saying, like, you know, your your dude who you're so obsessed with is is playing he with the traitors. Says, Although you are a magnificent person, you are a traitor. And he was leading it like it was the fucking parliament. He was like, if I may introduce a motion. He pulled like, out his powdered wig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, You're non-committal by day and fatal under the cover of darkness. And I went, okay, John. However, John's right. (laughs) Like the thing, even though that's crazy, he is right. He is right. So Phaedra brings up the fact that Peter wants to work with her. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I never said that. But I mean, maybe he never said it, but he was trying to do that. She knows the, well, she knows the perception. She, regardless of what he says behind those walls, it doesn't even matter. What matters is they all saw those two in a room together, yeah. and yeah. Phaedra can use that. Well, and there was the other time, the first time, when he pulled her aside with Parvati. So, Peter, you are doing these things. So, oh, this is where she says, This is not The Bachelor, and I don't have to kiss your ass for a rose. When she said this, we all knew this was coming. This was in the trailer. I've seen it in previews a million <laughs> times, but uh. it was so cutting because it wasn't just some throwaway line she had this whole elaborate thing that she said and in the tone that she says it and when she says what you might have forgot peter is this is not the bachelor and i don't have to kiss your ass for a rose (laughs) peter went he he went like uh like he's like it, no one's ever kissed my ass for a rose they all really loved me they all really like we we're in we love like so <laughs> that was not only the traitor's world crumbling but also the bachelor world crumbling for oh him. my gosh this cut him so deep to his core that he even said this is just a game phaedra and i've liked you up until now up until you <laughs> said that the look he he made some audible uh, he made some audible like I think that's the thing. It's like he doesn't realize this is a game. These are all game moves because the show he comes from, it's like it is a game, but it's different. It's It's not, we're not manipulating each other, especially not from his point of view. It's based on quote unquote real feelings. Like (laughs) whatever, well, it's like whatever you think The Bachelor is or isn't, the reality is 
they're there to find love and many of them to this day are still together yeah. many of them not of course but they have to open up their lives and their hearts and whatever and be vulnerable and that's not what this is right yeah no and no one's voting him out and he's well he he gets to choose who stays he has all the power yes as the bachelor yes <laughs> so maybe that's part of it too is he's used to being the one where all eyes are on him it's all about him and even when he was so he was chosen as the bachelor after being on the bachelorette and getting i think second or third so even on the bachelorette he was very liked very favored all eyes on him top three she chose the guy that everybody felt was very wrong for her Mm -hmm. and like they even looking back i'm like god imagine if she would have chosen peter things could have been different for her you know she's in a happy relationship now but peter then goes on to be the bachelor so yeah to your point like he's been very all eyes on me and and very in control of the situation in a really um genuine way like i don't think he does he's never been the type of guy that schemes or has done this or done that like he's always been a pretty genuine and upfront guy that's why people call him pilot pete like he really is just a basic regular dude (sighs) that is doing too much in this game but to your point has no idea how people feel about him yeah do you watch the bachelor i used to watch the bachelor i watched the bachelor for years and to be honest with you i just can't watch it anymore no, I can't it's not do it. and i think after watching so much real housewives and just stuff that's actually fun and entertaining i just can't watch it it's boring to me i did watch the golden bachelor which i enjoyed but yeah the regular bachelor it's like again i i question the morality of this show and if it's okay to do this to these people but i know they've all signed up for it again but still it feels very much like i feel like singing competitions at this point are not meant to find great singers they're meant to sell advertisements similar to i feel like i feel like the bachelor it's not meant because like we care so much about these people they need to find love it's we're making a television show there's a part of me that agrees with that and there's a part of me that doesn't and i think if you only have the perspective or your or your perspective is somewhat narrower in the grand scheme of the whole show where like the golden bachelor for instance i didn't watch that but i know it ended with a massive televised abc funded wedding yeah there's been very few of those across the bachelor one of them was sean and Catherine, and they're still together with three kids very much in love so like i Do you think there's a world, obviously, where they are making a TV show and they want it to be entertaining? But I think the ultimate goal is for them to help these people find love, which is why Bachelor in Paradise exists, Mm -hmm. right? Do you want to go and just fuck around and leave alone? Because eventually you're going to leave alone. Or do you actually want (laughs) to find love? And there's people there that you can mix and mingle with. And Bachelor in Paradise has actually been, I think, more successful than The Bachelor has been. And it's, you know, smaller amount of seasons that it's had. Well, I don't know anything about Bachelor in Paradise but it feels to me also the thing about Bachelor is it's all in the hands of one person, which is so messed up. That's the other part about it that feels wrong. Yeah. Like, not only are you, like, pitting yourself against all these other people who all deserve love and are all, I'm sure, Everyone lovely in their own right. Everyone deserves <laughs> like, love. <laughs> but then it's, it's yeah, this one person feels like they have all the power in, in a relationship should be two people coming together with equal agency. Equal, yeah. Equal power. Yeah. So, anyway, back to the traders. Um, <laughs> so, Peter does bring up the good point about the misfire on Bergie. The fact that he knew Bergie had a shield, yet the traders still voted to try and get Bergie out. Yeah. I thought that was smart of him to bring up. I think. 
Phaedra being as smart as she is, she probably could have talked her way around it. And and Sheree is kind of the only one that clocks this when they're doing the voting. Peter was, uh, they attempted to recruit Peter. Mm-hmm. And Peter brings this up like, oh, I got a letter and I didn't take it. And from what we've seen on camera, he had only told Peter's pals about that. He hadn't told everyone else. So I think when Sheree goes to actually vote for him, she's like, I don't like number one. It's the first some of them have heard this. Number two, I don't believe that you didn't accept recruitment. So I think that on the Bergie thing, it might have been a stretch However, it might have been something that she could have played with in regards to like, well, you just said that you were recruited and what we're supposed to all of a sudden believe that you declined it. I guess that's true, too, because the only person who knew about the shield thing were Parvati and Dan who are gone. So it mm-hmm. doesn't hold that much power. And then it's like Trishel knew he did that move, but she's already on his side. So, yeah. Anyway, so we vote and we get four votes for Peter. Wow, Peter, look what you did. And four votes for Phaedra. And we get a cliffhanger on MJ, who is the last vote. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. We get, so the internet has done what the internet does. They've tried to like enhance, enhance, look through her page. Who did she vote for? Well, she, you know, at the very, very end, there's like a frame where they're showing what she wrote. There's no way they've shown enough for anyone to know. People, I mean, there was a Twitter thing on there that, like, really, they took, you can't tell what she wrote because it does happen so fast. Also, both their names start with P, so if that's the side you see, it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, yeah. Who do you you think goes? I really don't know. However, because it's MJ, I feel she probably feels kind of ostracized by Peter, so she probably doesn't mind seeing him go. She has no loyalty to him. And she kind of does have more loyalty to Phaedra. So in that way, it makes sense. However, if she is paying attention to who the traitor probably is, it would make sense for her to vote for Phaedra. But I I don't know. I could see it going either way. I suspect that Peter goes home. And I think that it is going to end up coming down to exactly what you said. Peter has pushed her out of every single room that she has tried to walk into. Oh my God. <laughs> he, he I literally like the said, like, yeah, just like backing up. And, and I know if I'm MJ and I'm sitting there trying to figure out like, oh, I don't really know. They both made good points. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm hearing what Sheree said, where you're going, well, I don't know that you didn't actually, I don't believe that you didn't accept recruitment. And I'm looking at him. Not only was I ostracized from being in rooms with you, but now I'm hearing that they attempted to recruit you, which in turn could be why I'm ostracized from coming in rooms with you. Mm-hmm. So I, if I'm MJ, I'm voting out Peter. I'm riding with who I know, who my loyalty is towards. Does it plant a seed in my head that Phaedra's a traitor? Sure. At the end of the day, it's exactly like I said about Parvati. If Phaedra is standing at that final fire, she's not winning. She's not winning. So maybe they get paid an extra day rate and it's good for her to continue to be in the competition. But they're all so convinced that Phaedra's a traitor right now for the most part that even if Sheree is the one standing at that fire pit and, and Alan looks at her and says, Sheree, do you think that everyone, all four people standing here are faithfuls? Sheree's not going to be the one that says yes. Sheree's going to go, oh, I think we know that Phaedra's a traitor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I saw this clip on Twitter today of, of 
Sheree talking to someone. It was probably like a small clip of like a podcast or something. I didn't even listen to it. You know, you could just watch the captions. The guy was like, Sheree, everybody just kind of thinks that like, like, can you tell us your strategy? And she's like, oh, well, my whole strategy was like to just come in and listen and observe. This isn't housewives. You can't be messy. Sheree can be messy. Some of the most iconic scenes in Housewives history are from Sheree being messy. And she's like, oh, I'm just trying to observe. You know, I'm not trying to do the housewife thing. And then he goes, well, I think the conversation among, you know, viewers and people on the Internet are that you don't really know what's going on. Do you know what's going on? And she's like, I know what's going on. And the, the tweet that I saw was just like, Sheree, dot, dot, dot. Like, like, no, you really don't. Well, I mean, whatever she's doing is working because she. She's figuring it out. Is figuring it out and. She seems very safe for now. Mm-hmm. No one's looking at her. That's for sure. She is flown under the radar. She's playing overall. I mean, I guess if you think CT and you know, if you think CT is playing a good game, you've got to look at Sandra and MJ and Sheree and think that they're playing a good game I, too. Well, CT is kind of starting to ruffle more feathers or he's drawing more attention to him now, especially, oh, because during the round table, he did that thing where he drew a little chart of the, the window panes and so, was trying to prove that they were aiming for Trichelle. I couldn't believe he drew that chart. So now it's like, okay, I understand he's trying, he's sort of overcompensating for they both, not protecting yeah. Trichelle. He, uh, yes, I agree 100% that that's what it is. He's overcompensating because prior to this round table, he was seen as a gettable number. And he's just essentially thrown himself under the bus about you know, it, whether or not he's a gettable number, because now he's kind of fucked over Phaedra. Phaedra and Castle Daddy, probably no more. So well, remember, he's here to get traitors. He's not here for love. <laughs> However, true. if we're, we're the other way around, I think that would be fun. Yeah, agreed. agreed. I'm here for agreed. love. I am not here to get traitors. <laughs> agreed, yeah. So uh, CT and those bright green eyes of his, you know, we'll see We'll see what happens. We'll I, I still think, yeah, happens. CT, Sandra. I will say nobody suspects Kate either, so. We'll see how it goes, though, because it's been a rough start to her traitorhood. She's freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, or I don't know the way that she's like. It's almost um, affirmations. You are a faithful. Yes, you yes. Peter's a you traitor. Yes, exactly. You yes, trust she was trying to do like, affirmations. Sort of like a reverse psychology because she's like, look, in the eyes of everybody, that's what you need them to see. Because honestly, he was the one who was working with the, the traitors, so he's a traitor. You have been faithful the whole time. You're faithful. You've always been a faithful. Yeah, or not even you a reverse psychology. Yeah, but it's like a reverse of the truth, but actually. That is true. She has been faithful the whole time. They're uh, filming the reunion with Andy Cohen next week. Whenever Andy films a reunion, he always puts on Twitter, I'm filming the whatever reunion. Put your questions and where you're from into the thread, you know, if you want to watch, cause he, or if you want me to ask them, because he asks fewer questions. And I'm just wondering if we essentially see Kate go, I never wanted this. <laughs> I never wanted this. She comes across like she'd be such a good trader. And in season one, I do remember her being like, oh, that would have been so cool. But I think she's embodied what being a faithful is in going after traders, that it's been a weird shift for her. I said this last week. I'll say it again. I think Phaedra's and even Parvati's biggest misstep was not recruiting Trishel mm. in the first mm -hmm. recruitment. I think it's another misstep to not recruit Trishel in this recruitment. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but... We'll see what happens.
I was under the impression we were going to have one more episode, but there's still a lot of people left. And there are, even remember. though this game does move fast, but there are still quite a few people left. You know, one thing I was thinking too, let's say Phaedra is the one that goes home. Do they then recruit another traitor? Yes, yes. Actually, I was talking to my mom about this and she was like, what? if Phaedra goes home and then they try to recruit Peter again, but she doesn't know they tried to recruit Peter the first time. I don't know. So I guess the reason that I'm like, that that's a little sus to me is, again, when you're standing at the fire and there's four of them, I mean, maybe they expand the number this time because there's so many people left, but ultimately like what we've seen in the past, there's four. If you're in a situation where, like you're not ever going to be in a situation where there's two faithfuls and two traitors and you go, like there's always going to be two traitors, I guess is what I'm trying to say. When you're standing at the fire with final four people and one's been outed as a traitor, let me back up. I'll reiterate this through the lens of season one again. We had Andy, Quentin, Ari from The Bachelor, and Suri. They're the four that are left. They all go around and they say, do you think you have all the traitors? And they were, Suri played such a good game that they they thought for sure she was a faithful. When she revealed herself as a traitor, it was like shock and awe sent through the minds and bodies of everyone in the world. So they all say, yeah, we think we got them all. There's not going to be a world if they're always recruiting the next traitor. There's mm-hmm. not going to be a, yeah, we got them all. Mm-hmm. There's just not yeah. ever going to be four faithful standing there. So I'm bringing this up because I do think it fucks with the, um, I don't want to say legitimacy of the game, but like the surprise when you get to the end of it where you're really trying to narrow your numbers down and determine is everybody that's standing here a faithful or do we still have a traitor or two traitors in the mix? The likelihood, if they're always recruiting another traitor is there's two traders there. I think there just has to be some new element or like something new for traders to do to kind of like cause suspicion because if you're at that point in the game and their only move is they murder someone at night, like that doesn't give you much info about who they are. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. There needs to be something else that they're doing. Like they need to fuck with the money pot more or something like that, even though that's obviously not a part of this because they're all just playing for money. It's, I think ultimately it's low stakes. I actually was just listening to Leslie Grossman on Bitch Sesh earlier and she went on a little tangent about traders and she said, you know what I love about this show? And they said, what? And she said, it's just fun it is like, yeah it it's is low stakes. it is it's like it's camp it's aesthetic it's the drama it's it's, it's fun i think that's that's so true because it really is like the fact that there's this big swelling music wolves howling like alan making <laughs> yeah. big speeches that's what it is you know yeah. it's it's just fun the game element and I don't is know, fluff yeah it's like i don't know if i want them to raise the stakes because i like that it's fun so uh, there's definitely things they can do to to change it in regards to making them work for the money or even the the public poisoning I think was a great twist. I'd like to see them do more of that. Yes, that's what I mean. Stuff like that where it throws a little more suspicion towards people because they're acting a little different. I think that is interesting. The public challenges. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's cool. Well, I'm excited for more traitors and you know I'm excited for more Survivor. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I can't find shit to watch right now. Like I said, I've started probably Claire. I started. Don't laugh at me. Don't judge me. Yes. I st- I can't even say it how, how many, loud. <laughs> how many? How many are we talking? Or what? I started. What are we talking? Tulsa King. Oh wait, is that the um, uh, <laughs> Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone? Stallone? 
because I probably went to like five or six TV shows and I watched like 10 to 15 minutes and I was like, I don't want to watch this. And I went to the next thing. And next thing you know, I'm like scrolling and I'm like, all I had to see was after being incarcerated for 25 years, Mafia Capo, da 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 da, gets released from prison. And I'm like, well, I like mafia stuff. So I just started watching it and mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I guess I'm watching Tulsa King now. There's nothing on. Well, does that mean it grabbed you and you're you're going to keep watching it? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I might watch this season of Love is Blind. Oh, yes. I do. Yeah, they just released a new one, didn't they? That one, I like the pods are fun, but then once they get to living with each other, I'm like, this feels Bingo. fake. Bingo. I watched season one and I really liked, you know, Lauren and Cameron, uh, they're, you know. Oh, yeah, they're so cute. So cute. And they're just like a model couple of like what can happen off of these dating reality shows. But after that, I didn't watch anything else. It's the Kelly Clarkson effect. After she won American (laughs) Idol, we didn't need to do American Idol anymore. Exactly, exactly. Well, we did get Carrie Underwood. We did get other amazing people. That's true. That's true. I mean, of course, and Jennifer Hudson, even though she didn't win her season. Yeah, uh, Fantasia. Yeah, we we got some people. We do, we do, we do. But you know, it's just like the bar was set so high. High, yeah. I have heard that this season of Love is Blind is worth watching. Okay. Uh, another podcast that I listen to says they really got the casting right. So I might dip in. I just haven't been in the mood for that. And when I am, I got housewives to catch up on. <laughs> Speaking of being in a drought, I heard a rumor that is like devastating me that April oh, no. there's not going to be any housewives on no. and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Watch Survivor. Because in, g- <laughs> in a drought, when in a drought, when in drought, go Watch people in a drought. Go watch people <laughs> in a drought. Go watch people hungry no. and thirsty. I mean, you, you. it's so interesting because, like you said, you have to be in the right mood for all these shows. And I have not ever been in the mood for Survivor. But this time, I was just ready to dip in. It won't last forever. I know that. I don't think I'll watch all 48 seasons or whatever. However, a new one's starting on Tuesday, I think. I'm open to jumping into the new season. If you're down to watch that, I'm down to watch yeah, that. Yeah, that would be fun. Okay, so we'll watch that. Okay, um, everybody. Get everyone out there who's been... <laughs> Chomping at the bit for us to cover Survivor. <laughs> you heard it here. We're going to do it, starting with season 498. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. interesting, too, because they used to change locations, but now it looks like they just do it in Fiji all the time. They are in Fiji a lot. They probably yeah. have a Survivor island in Fiji. They, they do, yeah. So I heard, I know we need to wrap things up, but... I read somewhere, watched an interview that basically, like, if you're not one of the first people evicted from the island, you're stuck on the island oh. in like a in like a separate house. Like you don't get to just like when people are like, oh, I'm gonna leave because I miss my husband, even though there's only four people left. You don't get to go see your husband. You have to go stay in a separate house. Well, they and have your a jury, is just not like there. The but even like before the jury, like oh. you, they don't let people leave unless you're like the first the two out. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy, oh. but but at yeah, least okay. you get like. A hot shower and food. Food, yeah, yeah. Jeff is living the life. He he sure is. Although that must be weird though to have all the amenities you want and then go visit these people who are really going through it. I think he fucking loves it. I think he loves every second of it. He really <laughs> starts to fuck with them. Like he does he, ask questions that are very he, probing. He Jeff starts, probes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he starts to fuck with them where he'll be like, 
do you want this hamburger? That is and what happened. Practically okay. drooling. In, the se- in season two, they gave them money, and he literally had an auction. He was like, Here. Oh, the auction. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It, well, that was where I was like, okay, this is fucked up. This is Yeah, fucked yeah. Up. They auctioned. Yeah, so that auction. Do you remember when I told you about the guy in Parvati and Cerise season? So it was season 16. That was like, it was an endurance competition. It was similar to the auction, but it was like an endurance competition where Jeff basically was auctioning stuff off or he would be like you can either take this burger and you have to drop down meaning you don't get all of this stuff you don't get safety for the week whatever uh or you can hang up there and every single time somebody would drop he would just it was like the first one was like some cookies or some donuts and then it would just become like you know multiple steaks and the second to last guy was hanging there and he was a Survivor fan. It was fans versus favorites. So he's a Survivor fan. And all the favorites are out, except for, like, him and one other person. And all the favorites are going, just drop. We won't vote you out. Just drop. Listen, you drop. You get all those burgers. Oh, no. You share them with us. And we won't vote you out. And they're literally, this is how crazy. They're crossing their fingers behind oh. their back. <laughs> and they voted his ass That's out. That's so mean. Never Parvati, trust the survivors. No, Parvati's a monster. I can't... If you don't continue in your journey, at least go watch season 16. Well, that's why I wanted to, to watch it in the first place. So I think I will. And like I said, it just... It flies by so fast. They recap everything, every episode. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. really don't miss anything. Yeah. Wow. What a ride. What a ride. What a ride. And we're going to be on another one this week. I'm looking for things to watch. Okay. That's what I'm doing. Well, there's always a million seasons of Survivor. Of Survivor. (laughs) But I do know what you mean. I want something fun that just kind of sweeps you away. I'm going to... I watched the first episode of Masters of the Air. It was really, really, really good. It's... Have you watched Band of Brothers? No. Claire. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if that's my thing. There's a level of intensity that comes with watching dudes, you know, in war. I know. And And that really turns me off. (laughs) (laughs) See, I enjoy it. I like the brotherhood part of it. And I enjoy it. There's an aspect of learning. But it is hard to watch multiple episodes back to back because what an adrenaline rush. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Because I'll watch stuff like that now and I'll be like, why are there so many men? And I know it's like historically accurate, but still it feels, it actually kind of feels like when I did see Ghostbusters, the one with all women, (laughs) it just brought everything into such a perspective. And I was like, oh, I really have been watching all this stuff with just men. And Mm -hmm. that is not made for me in the same way. And that yes. was what's so interesting. So now when I go back and watch stuff that's all men, it's just so much more apparent to me. Everything is men. This is the patriarchy. <laughs> the world, I know. The world's it's, not made for women. It's not. Yeah, it was even, there was something, it was like a clip I saw on the internet or something talking about like the number of architects in our country that build buildings, that design stuff is like, I want to say it was like 6% women or something like oh, that, yeah. oh, which yeah. is like why you get the bathrooms um, that don't have purse hangers because they're designed by men and why men's bathrooms don't have changing Um, tables because they're designed by men and they have this view that everything's you know certain things are for women and certain things are not book recommendation it's called invisible women and it is by caroline criado perez it is literally about how the whole world is designed by and for men to the point where like this is why there's so few female 
piano players is because generally, not everybody, but a lot of the times women have smaller hands. So it's harder mm-hmm. to play piano. So it's like stuff like that. Even, yep. oh my gosh, crash test dummies, the yep. oh. quote unquote female Medications, ones. medications, all oh, bad. Medications. It's all tested on men. Yeah. I mean, that this could be, that's a whole nother podcast. That is a whole nother podcast, but it is yeah. wild because when you start thinking about it, you're like, oh wow, this, it, yeah. It's really not. We are here simply to exist, and our experience must not be better than subpar. The men don't like it when our experience is better than subpar. (laughs) Don't like it when our experience is better than subpar. That is so sad. How's your experience? Oh, it's subpar. Don't worry. We're still good. We're good. I'm below the bar. I'm below the bar. We're good here. We're good. Keep keep doing your thing. We're good. Um, Anyway, wow. Well. We're going to find some stuff to watch and talk about, and we're obviously going to keep watching The Traitors. Yeah, we'll see how many episodes we end up getting. Next week might be the finale, or we might get 12. I don't know. Everything's a surprise. We'll let Alan tell us when we get there. I guess there's no, is there no way to look this up? Maybe they're keeping us on the shows. (laughs) I kind of like the surprise element. Yeah, that is fun. Well, maybe you'll, you know, watch more seasons of Survivor than me by next week. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. Listen, (laughs) we are going to leave this up to fate. There's no, yes. It's all up to fate. It's all up to fate. (laughs) There's no way of us controlling this. Well, until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye!